Hello movie enthusiasts and welcome back to another episode of Cinema Central as we revisit a galaxy far, far away. That's right, it's finally time to talk about Star Wars Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker, and I couldn't be more happy to have the chance to talk to you about this film with all of you wonderful people. Let's get this thing started with my initial impressions. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker is the final chapter in a saga of movies that has proven to have one of the most passionate fan bases in the world. And whether you agree with how it ended or not, Star Wars itself will continue, as long as its fan base does, for what is a multi-generational franchise. For me, Episode 9 is full of spectacle, action, comedy, and plenty of epic moments with its own twists and turns, but with a two and a half hour long runtime, it does get a little overcrowded with content and suffers from a convoluted first act. Ultimately, it still felt like a Star Wars film, and in the end, that is all it needed to be, and that suited me just fine. No matter what, I'll always like this story, these characters, and this universe, and I can't wait to see what they will do next with it now that they are no longer tied down to a specific series of events or people. But I am also still hopeful they can find some way to revisit this story in the future. Those were my initial impressions of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. I will probably just refer to it as Episode 9 from this point onward, and there will be full spoilers for the rest of this review, so turn back now if you have yet to see it. You have been warned. So the word on the street is that there is a lot of controversy around this movie, maybe not as much as there was for Episode 8, and I really don't want to salt that old wound, but I was surprised to hear about it, and I will admit that maybe I just got caught up in the spectacle of it all, but I really did enjoy this movie. And I mentioned before that, you know, this is a generational event, and I have been lucky to be a part of it. Seeing the prequel movies when I was a kid and the sequel movies as an adult has been a really exciting time. I've been to the preview night releases for episodes 7, 8, and 9. And one thing I have observed in that time is how the crowd reactions have been fundamentally different. When I saw episode 7, my theater cheered when the title crawl began and when Han and Chewie showed up on the Falcon and again at the end of the movie. During episode 8, the crowds cheered at the title crawl, the throne room scene, and that was it. No one cheered at the end of episode 8. And then no one cheered during my showing of episode 9 at any point during the movie. I'm not saying this means anything in particular, but I think the audience was just a bit more reserved for episode 9 after episode 8 happened. Again, that was just a personal observation. Let's talk about this movie. Immediately, I'll say this was the weakest title crawl of any Star Wars movie. It just felt completely lacking of context, which for a third film in a trilogy is not a good thing at all. And it was just like, here's this, and this, and this. And then the movie throws you into it, and some things weren't even addressed again. I think the big one is just like, oh, Emperor Palpatine's back now. That's a thing. Here you go. And it was just jarring, which brings me to my next point. The first act of the movie felt very rushed. They just bounced from place to place to place very quickly with only momentary pauses. This caused some serious pacing issues, and I definitely felt it. I think that just adds to the bigger issue that this movie does not feel like a third part of a series. It feels like its own self-contained story. 
And you know what? Now that I'm really thinking about it, you could really watch this movie without the context of any other Star Wars movie and be perfectly fine. And I think that may be why so many people are having issues liking this one. You certainly benefit from watching the other films in the series, but overall, it feels very divorced from the rest of the sequel franchise. And the third big problem is something that's been an ongoing issue for this trilogy of movies. They keep adding characters and don't know what to do with the old ones. Like Rose, who had a pretty prominent role in Episode 8, had like three scenes in this movie. And they still kept adding characters to this movie, like Zori and Janna, who quite honestly were only there to help the character development of Finn and Poe. And given the film has a large runtime, there's only so much they can fit into it and I feel some of that valuable time is wasted due to this issue. I know the beginning of this review has been kind of critical thus far and I know there are going to be more issues moving forward but those were the main issues I had but for now let's get in some of the good stuff and there is so much to talk about so fair warning I'm just going to be bouncing all over the place. While I do think the movie suffers from overcrowding I did enjoy the interactions with our main crew Ray, Finn, Chewie, Poe, BB-8, and C-3PO. They also have the benefit of having done the other movies together already, but I enjoyed the banter and the dialogue between them. I thought they did a fantastic job with acting off each other, and it is one of the stronger points in the film. Poe Dameron got a good dose of character development in Episode 8, and I like that it continued on in this movie, as he ultimately does end up in charge of the Resistance. We also got to learn some details about his past involving being a spice smuggler and his involvement in past history with new character Zari, and he still got to fly an X-Wing and blow stuff up, which is something he is quite good at. I also enjoyed the camaraderie between him and Finn since they have been doing all these adventures together since the first movie. I also feel like Finn yelling Ray is kind of a catchphrase at this point because he has done it so many times in this trilogy. Of course, one of the sadder parts of the movie was Carrie Fisher's passing shortly before the release of Episode 8, but I thought they handled it very well in this film. They used archive footage from outtakes she had done in the previous two movies. They also used a silhouetted like stand-in a few times. And when she got that funeral scene in the movie, I thought it was very heartfelt and a touching send-off. And I'll admit, I totally teared up for that part. And then, of course, bringing up the reason why Leia dies in this movie, aside from the obvious real-life reasons, she does it to save her son Ben Solo. I think we all kind of knew there was going to be some sort of redemption for Kylo Ren, a.k.a. Ben Solo in this film, given all that has happened to him and all that he has done. And I'll admit, I am a sucker for redemption arcs, but I like how they did it. While Luke was able to use a force projection in full effect in Episode Eight, Leia just reaches out to her son in spirit. That was enough. Plus, you know, Ray saving his life also. But never underestimate a mother's love. And then I absolutely love the interaction he has with Han as well. I was not expecting Harrison Ford to come back in this film. So that was really awesome. And it was one of my favorite moments of the film. Like I said, I'm a sucker for redemption arcs. 
General Hux, who has constantly been a comedic character for the First Order, took somewhat of a backseat in this movie because of a new character, General Pride, so I thought it sucked that he got blasted, but at the same time, it was not surprising because the character had nothing left to do. But his brief arc of turning traitor did remind me a bit of Agent Kalos from Star Wars Rebels. Also, who is General Pride? Because they give us the impression that he is more than he appears and is supposed to be someone important to the Emperor. The only thing that I can think of is that he's somehow the reincarnation of Grand Moff Tarkin. I also really enjoyed that they brought back Lando, and he was as charming as ever, and he got to fly to Falcon, which was rather appropriate. Billy D. Williams just has a great screen presence, and he was used effectively in small doses, but not overdoing it with the nostalgia. Now, two really mean fake-outs that this movie does is first from the trailers, we think they're going to off C-3PO, which in a way they do, but not really, and he's okay by the end of the film. However, the much more diabolical thing they did was make you think Ray killed Chewie, which was just mean and quite shocking. Yeah, that was a pun. But Ray using Force Lightning was actually quite cool in the moment. Which brings us to the biggest surprise of the film. Ray was a Palpatine the whole time, being Emperor Palpatine's granddaughter. And the fan theory was right that he wanted to possess her body. But one thing that was a little confusing at first was the Emperor wants Kylo to kill Ray, And then later he tells him to capture her. But like he clearly knew who she was the whole time, so it's like, make up your mind, dude. But to make things even more convoluted, Luke, Leia, and Kylo all apparently knew the whole time that she was a Palpatine, but just didn't say anything in the last film, which brings us to something that is rather irksome to the fan base, which is retconning The Last Jedi, and this is one of the big ways they do so. One of the biggest moments from the trailer was Evil Ray, and there were plenty of fan theories about what it could mean. Well, now we all know it was just a Force vision from when she was in Palpatine's vault, so at least we got that question answered, and it was kind of a cool, interesting moment. You know, it's like, this is what you could become. Ah! Anyway. So I've talked a lot about Ray being a Palpatine, so let's talk about the big guy himself. I think we can all agree that he is still one of the most iconic movie villains, so I didn't mind them bringing him back at all, and him being alive is not a huge stretch of the imagination. I love that he quotes himself from episode 3, implying that he was able to crack the secret to prolonging his life, which clearly, because, you know, he's there, so when he isn't able to turn Ray and he has to face her and Ben, it's interesting that he's then able to just suck the force from them both and restore his body. I didn't quite catch why that worked, but it had something to do with the strong force connection between the two of them, which we saw play out as they had a lightsaber fight earlier in the movie while being in two different locations, which is something we haven't seen before and it was very visually interesting. And also the whole Sith planet was very sinister and cool looking and I enjoyed that as well. One missed opportunity was that since Palpatine was already quoting himself, when he goes full lightning mode, he totally should have said UNLIMITED POWER! But he didn't and that makes me sad. 
At one point in the film, Ray has a conversation with Force Ghost Luke, and it was a cool moment when he appeared because regardless of the last movie, I think people still like the character, though I acknowledge a lot of people didn't like some decisions that were made in the last film regarding Luke's character. But he has this line that I think justifies it all in a concise way, saying he let fear rule him, and I just thought that was very human and helped solidify those character choices. Now we saw some insane force powers in this movie which I'm sure people will be discussing for a long time. I think it is very interesting that in the Mandalorian episode 7 which was released two days early as to not conflict with the release of Rise of Skywalker, that episode features Baby Yoda force healing a character. And if you want to hear more about that, be sure and visit the Facebook page for my episodic Mandalorian reviews. But I think this was all pre-planned as a way to prime us all for the force healing that Rey and even Ben does in this film. I already mentioned that insane force battle between Rey and Kylo, but also when Rey teleports the lightsaber to him was also pretty dope. Speaking of lightsabers, I also really liked that Leia had one this whole time, and it looked pretty cool. I liked the design. Another grievance I have with this movie were the Knights of Ren. There was so much hype about unleashing this fighting force against our heroes. There was so much press about it, and they were utterly disappointing and useless, quite frankly. I think the only reason they were even in the movie was because they were mentioned once in one of the other films and while their pursuit of the main characters felt a little suspenseful because it was like oh man what will happen when they catch up that never actually happens and then Ben just offs them all with no effort at the end of the movie and it was all just a very wasted investment. I did like the final battle though. It was large, it was intense, it was grand, it was very active, did a lot of very cool things like the cavalry charge on the Star Destroyer. While it was kind of silly, it was fun to watch. Initially I was like, how do Star Destroyers have death lasers on them? But then I remembered the battering ram weapon that they used in The Last Jedi, the miniaturized Death Star tech. So it, it's conceivable that they can just make that work. And while it is totally overplayed in movies, I will always be a sucker for reinforcements, arriving scenes. So when Lando shows up with like everyone in the galaxy pretty much, it was a pretty dope moment. And for all the hardcore fans out there, it was totally eye candy. Um, we got a Wedge Antilles cameo from the original actor, which was awesome. There was also the ghost model from Star Wars Rebels. It was kind of sad, though, that Snap died a few moments earlier, but he was kind of a minor character, and he, again, didn't actually affect anything in this movie. And while all that was going on in space, the final battle between Rey and the Emperor was equally impressive. I really enjoyed when they finally played up the uh, A Thousand Generations of Jedi Live in You Now, which he looked up to the stars and heard all the voices. While there are a few obvious ones to pick out, I did get the full list from IMDb. You have Anakin Skywalker, Mace Windu, Obi-Wan, McGregor, and Alec Guinness. Yoda, Qui-Gon, you have Kanan Jarrus from Rebels, and a bunch of voice actors from the Clone Wars cartoon for uh, Ahsoka Tano, Luminara, Unduli, Aayla Secura, and um, Adi Galia. So that was awesome to have all those voices in there. So our heroes won the day, obviously. So let's talk about some of those big ending moments. 
During the movie, Finn kept saying he wanted to say something to Rey, but he never gets the chance, and we are left to wonder. It has since been clarified on the internet that he was going to tell her he was Force-sensitive, which makes sense given what he has done as a character, so I'm glad that that whole thing got cleared up. And the one thing that literally made me so happy about this movie was Chewie got a medal at the end of the film, which was such a happy moment because as any fan should know, at the end of A New Hope, while Han and Luke got medals from Princess Leia, Chewie did not, and it has been one of the biggest grievances in cinema history. But now, after all these years, it has finally been corrected, which is just amazing. I love it. And you know, this movie was the definitive ending of the Skywalker saga. So one question is who was the title referring to with the Rise of Skywalker? Well, initially I thought it had to be Kylo slash Ben because he was actually the only living Skywalker now by blood, but he dies trading his life for Rey's and thus completing his redemption arc, which he kind of had to die though because there's no way the galaxy would have taken him back given what he did as Kylo Ren. So then at the end of the movie, Rey takes the name Skywalker, which brings us to the main theme of this film, which is bonds are stronger than blood. The Emperor was all like, you are a Sith because you are my blood, but Rey was not about that because she rejected him. She chose to take the name Skywalker because of her relationship with Luke and that family. So it's a good lesson for sure. So in the end, the title was always about Rey, and given that she is the main character, not surprising, not surprising at all. And then at the very end, she whips out an orange lightsaber at the end of the film, which is a freaking huge moment for all the Star Wars Legends fans out there, because I do believe that is the lightsaber color of the Grey Jedi, who are a group of Jedi who ride the line between light and dark, which Rey's character kind of does throughout the series so it is a hint that a new era is at hand for the Jedi in the Star Wars universe and it was quite a surprising moment and one heck of a way to end the trilogy. So here are my final thoughts on Star Wars Episode 9 The Rise of Skywalker. Watching these sequel Star Wars movies has been a wild ride and quite the shared experience with the rest of the Star Wars fan base and quite unparalleled I would dare say. While I don't think Rise of Skywalker is a great Star Wars film, I don't think it is terrible either. I think it is quite simply good, and I am content with that. Unfortunately, I think that is also a feeling that a lot of other people are having as well, and may be a reason for all the unrest on the internet. Star Wars has always been an event kind of film, and people don't want to feel content when leaving a Star Wars movie. They want to be excited about it. And they definitely don't want to leave a Star Wars movie mad about it. And with a movie like this with so much history and hype and expectation, it is unfortunately an impossible task to please everybody. And that is just the way life works. Those are my thoughts on this movie. I hope you enjoyed this review. How did you feel about this movie? Let me know in the comments. And don't forget to follow me on the socials at Ace Cinema Central. I will see you for one more review before the year is out. Otherwise, I'm DJ Ace. This has been Cinema Central. May the force be with you and Merry Christmas.